0: You've ever heard that statement, I can see the writing on the wall, the hand writing on the wall. Well, that was a hand, just the hand, writing on the wall. That's where they got cousin it. one of them. The only reason you're laughing because you know. And you know now that I know you know. But the hand was writing on the wall, but nobody knew what it says. And it says that his knees were smoting one another. I wonder what that meant. He's scared to death. And Daniel told him this is what it means. You see there in chapter 5, verse 26, verse 26, this is the interpretation of the thing, many which God says has numbered thy kingdom, finished it. So this gold is gone. It's been numbered, it's finished. And then he says there, thou art weighed in the balances and are found wanting. In verse 28, thy kingdom is divided, given to the Medes and the Persians. See that's the next kingdom afterwards, and now the Bible tells us history is being unfolded. God tells him what's going to happen in advance, names the kingdom, and even names the Grecian afterwards. But what I want you to see there is in chapter seven. The time came when, under the first reign, year of the reign of Belshazzar, he 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 had another nightmare. <laughs> Daniel had a vision. And he says that um, he saw weird stuff. But he says, I saw four beasts come up out of the sea. See in verse 3? Four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse, one from another. Each one of them is different. And it goes down through here and kind of describes what they're like. But what I want you to look at is in verse 7. Because this is the the fourth one. Look up here just a second. You had One, the head of gold. Two, the Medes and the Persians, the arms. Three, the Alexandrian Empire, the Roman Empire. And the last one, number five, is the feet with the ten toes. Now, when he says, Thou art the head of gold. Thou hast been numbered and finished it. Now, that left four more. So now he says, I saw four. Beast coming up. But when did he see the vision? Only when Belshazzar was still ruling. He saw four that shall arise. And so he says here, they're different from each other, but in verse 7, After this I saw in the night vision, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it shall, had great iron teeth, devoured and break in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, had ten horns, these ten horns, becomes ten kings that had ten toes. This is the last one. Now we know that the Babylon Empire was here, historically, and they're gone. We know that the Medes and the Persians ruled. And they're gone. That's where you had Darius and Cyrus. Then you had the Alexandrian Empire. They've come and they've gone. We've had the Roman Empire. They come and they're gone. Now we have the last one, it's going to be composed of ten toes. So ten nations are going to come together. And this is where a lot of times people get split. Very divided on prophecy and how to put it all together. We know the pieces are there, but we can't fit it together. And the thing about putting a puzzle together is you don't to try to force it. It's supposed to be fit in there real nice. Have you ever done it with something to put the puzzle, and then it don't work? Always have some scissors; you can cut it where you make it fit, <laughs> or just make sure you have a hammer. You know, you can hammer the thing in there. And so sometimes that's what we want to do with the prophecy that's still ahead of us, trying to decide now what does God mean when He says this or this. Now, we know that this is a going to be a bad time says there's never been a, a nation like this, and that this one is worse than all the ones that went before it. Now, some people say that this is a revival of the Roman Empire. Well, it says that whenever the stone hits upon the toes, that it destroys all of the kingdoms. So is it possible that in the last days, all of them will be, in a sense, revived, but it's going to compose all of these kingdoms? good possibility. But look what he says here in verse 9, And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days, I believe is a reference to the Lord God Himself, The Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheel that burning fire a fiery stream issued and came forth from before Him. Thousands, thousands ministered unto Him. And ten thousand times ten thousand stood before Him. The judgment was set and the books were open. Boy, have we advanced in time. All the way into the time of maybe the great white throne judgment. When the Lord Himself will judge. But He says a lot of things in here that we need to understand. We also know at the end of the tribulation period. The worst period of time the world's ever known. Look there in verse 11, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. At the end of the tribulation period when Christ comes back on a white horse, the battle of Armageddon, the Bible says, the beast and the false prophet were taken and cast into the lake of fire. So, all this revelation stuff has got seeds of it planted back here in the Old Testament. And they were taught these things. But Daniel, have to be honest, said he did not understand all of these prophecies. And the Lord told him, says, seal up the book until the time of the end. And many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. But I don't think it's talking about just the knowledge technology. Which, yes, that's increased. But the knowledge of understanding the word of God, he said, seal this book until the time of the end. And then this book knowledge shall be increased. You'll be able to understand things that they couldn't even understand 2,000 years ago. Because, see, we have the book of Revelation. We're living at some very exciting times. Who would have ever dreamed how you could have ever saw people around the world and the witnesses being killed, and then somebody around the world been able to see it happen. Man, we got everything today. You could see anything anywhere at any time. See, that wasn't even possible a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, but it can be seen today. And there's things that God has mentioned that only could have been fulfilled in our time in which we live. Look what he said. In verse 12, he says, As concerning the rest of the beasts." They had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there were given him dominion and glory and a kingdom. This is the stone that was cut out of the mountain. Remember, there was the nation of Israel, and there was a stone that was cut out. They didn't want him. He was rejected. And this stone is coming back and at the end of the tribulation period this stone is going to destroy the Gentile powers upon this earth and Jesus Christ is going to set up the kingdom of Israel and Israel will be the greatest nation on the face of this earth. Today it's one of the smallest nations in the world. Isn't that just a coincidence? Just a coincidence? It is surrounded by all those Muslim nations over there. And they hate Israel and want us dead. And here's a little old nation of Israel. Existing only by the providential hand of God. And they want to destroy Israel. But look what he says. He says here in verse 4. He says, And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, means it lasts forever, which shall not pass away, means it lasts forever, and His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, uh, which means it will last forever. Sound like permanent to me. This is talking about His kingdom. Now you and I are saints of the Lord. Now there are saints in the Old Testament, there are saints in the New Testament, there are saints during the Tribulation period. There'll be saints during the millennium. But look what he says here in verse 17. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. So, see, some people try to take the first one here and say, well, that's, that's, um, th- that's Babylon. No. Babylon's already off the scene. These are four that shall arise. So you can't start with Babylon again. That's where everybody gets it all messed up. Take off my head. Don't, well, not real. This is gone. And he had a vision about four more kings, and the last one was made up of those ten toes. One, two, three, four. I can count. And I even went to the public school. But you count four. And so the question comes up is, I want to know about the fourth beast. I mean, I have an inquiring mind, and I want to know. But look what he says in verse 18. But the saints, saints, those are those that have trusted Christ as their Savior. Saints are those who have been sanctified, set apart, made pure and holy because they believe that when Christ died they trusted him as their Savior and they have eternal life and they'll go to heaven when they die. Receive now, this has been written, but this is talking about future. The saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom, and you ought to underline that word, forever. And then it says, forever and ever. I wonder how long that is. Now, the kingdoms of this world are not going to last forever. I don't care what this present administration is going to try to do. It doesn't matter what Russia wants to do. It doesn't matter what Japan wants to do. It doesn't matter what China wants to do. It doesn't matter what the European nations want to do. God is in control. And we know who's going to win when it's all over with. And if you take my life, so be it. I am a saint of the Most High, and I'm going to rule in the kingdom forever. I got his word on it. Now, if he was right about all these other kingdoms in order, before they ever existed, you think he might be right about that last one? Good possibility. You see there, in verse 19? Then I would know the truth about the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth was of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured breaking pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. And the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and behold, whom three fell. Look in verse 21, I beheld, and the same horn which made war with the saints. Now there's uh, Antichrist, it's also mentioned over there in verse uh, 8 of the previous chapter, talking about the little horn. Uh, This is the Antichrist, the head of the last world government, that's going to come on the scene. And he's going to make war with the saints. And during the tribulation period, multitudes of God's people are going to be killed. They're going to be killed. That's why when you read the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, it talks about in the fifth seal, how that I saw the souls of them. And then it talks about, they cried out to the Lord, how long, O Lord, holy and true, will thou not avenge our blood upon the earth. That day is coming. In chapter 7 and also in chapter 14, but especially chapter 7, where do these come from? He says, these are they which came out of the great tribulation and have made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. So there's a multitude of people from all nations are gonna die. But there's gonna be 144,000 Jewish evangelists that are gonna be preaching all over this world when the rapture takes place. And there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna trust the Lord. And there are going to be a lot of people killed, because they will refuse to serve this last beast. The last beast is the one that's going to say, you're going to have to do things his way, or you're going to die. And the way they're going to kill you, is by chopping off your head. Now you tell me, who likes to go around chopping off heads? And they are getting stronger, and stronger, and stronger. And we're going to face them here in America. We send our troops over there and we let them build their mosque right here in America and take the the Koran which is nothing more than the weapon of mass destruction. It pollutes the mind, it darkens the mind and it causes them to be so evil and thinking that they have to kill anybody that's not of their belief. Now I'm not making this up. If you don't understand what I'm saying, your head has been in the sand too long. He um, says he's going to prevail against them. See the last part of that, verse 21? Prevail against them until when? Until the Ancient of Days came. And that's when he comes back at the end of the tribulation period. And then get this. And judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints, and you ought to underline this, possessed the kingdom. This day is coming. I am excited about knowing Christ as my Savior, serving the Lord. I can see all the evil coming upon the earth. I think it's a riot that the people who claim to be such experts in so many areas are so dumb. They can't figure out how to solve problems and their goal is a redistribution of wealth. And why the American people will stand by and let this happen is beyond me. It ought to be stopped. And I don't care how it's stopped, it ought to be stopped. And you can take that any way you want. If we can't do it by the ballot, then we better do it by the bullet. Is that clear? You say, you're a preacher. You got it that I am. Now I know this book and I believe this book. And I believe the time is coming. But look there in verse 27. And the kingdoms and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom unto the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey Him. Christ is coming back the people of the world and all of their nations and all of their technology are not going to build a utopia upon this earth. You've heard a lot about the world and how it was like in Germany under Hitler. Picture the whole earth like that. That's what's coming. The Bible talks about brother will hate brother. Nobody will trust anybody. And the love of many will wax cold. We're talking about some dark days coming down the road. And it talks about the four horses of the apocalypse, which they take peace away from the earth. And then they bring the war. And then they take and there's famine in the land. And people are dying of all kinds of pestilence because there's no cure. That's coming. When you're talking about one third or one fourth of the world's population being destroyed. Now, take your Bible and turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 10. Revelation, in chapter 10. Revelation, chapter 10, there is a, a statement about a mighty angel that comes down from heaven. You see, there in verse 1 And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. Rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun. Feet as pillars of fire. He had in his hand a little book. And he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the land. Crowd with a loud voice. And down in verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven. And he says in the last part of verse 6 should be no time no longer. In other words, time's up. Time's up. And we know how important it is for us to understand that God is in charge and he has a a time schedule. And he talks about the fullness of times and when the fullness of time become in God is right on schedule. Is it not true that Jesus Christ was born on time? Didn't the rapture take place on time, although it hasn't come yet, but I'm talking about when Jesus Christ went up into the air, it was right on time, and when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, it was 50 days, from, right on schedule. God is an orderly God, and He's always on time. I saw this one time, and somebody had wrote from this 10th chapter, and this is what it says, I dream that the great judgment morning had dawned and the trumpet had blown. I dreamed that the nations had gathered to judgment before the white throne. From the throne came a bright shining angel and stood on the land and the sea. AND HE SWORE WITH HIS HAND RAISED TO HEAVEN THAT TIME WAS NO LONGER TO BE. AND, OH, WHAT A WEEPING AND WAILING AS THE LOST WERE TOLD OF THEIR FATE THEY CRIED FOR THE ROCKS AND THE MOUNTAINS They prayed, but their prayer was too late. The mortal man came to the judgment, but his self-righteous rags would not do. The men who had crucified Jesus had passed off as mortal men do. The soul that had put off salvation. Not tonight, I'll get saved by and by. No time now to think of salvation. At last, they had found time to die. And oh, what a weeping and wailing as the lost were told of their fate. They cried for the rocks and the mountains. They prayed, but their prayer was too late. It's not sung the best, but that's how it goes. Time shall be no more. That day is right ahead of us. Did you realize if the Lord came back today, we only got seven years for the tribulation, and then we'll be in the millennium. Did you realize that just seven years from now, we could be standing in glorified bodies in a paradise upon this earth? never to hurt, suffer anymore, but to worship the Lord and knowing that we were on the winning side. We won. And the saints will possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. So between now and then, keep looking up. Don't be down and disheartened because of what you see coming. Because if you keep looking a little bit further, you can see something else coming. A light a lot better and a lot brighter and more wonderful than anything we could ever imagine. Look up here. If you're here and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I know you'll get saved by and by. One of these days, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Always intending to, but why not right now? Take care of it. This hand represent you and me. The wallet represents sin. It's something that all of us have done. Whatever it is, you did it. (laughs) So did I. We have all sinned and come short of God's perfection. Nobody's perfect. And God says that we have to pay for it. And the wages of sin is death and hell. That's why everybody dies. But God loves us. Did you know that God loves you? And He proved His love for you because he, he wants you to go to heaven. But you have to be perfect and you're not. You see, we committed the sins and we got to pay for them so there's no way for us to go to heaven. We can't go to heaven. Impossible. Unless God does something for us. God says you can't earn eternal life, you can't work your way there. You'll never be good enough. That just makes you a religious hypocrite. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. But He took ours, died for us, died in my place, died and paid for my sins. Well, if He paid for my sins, wouldn't it be crazy and dumb on my part to go to hell and pay for them when He paid for them? You don't have to pay for something twice. All I have to do is believe He did it for me. Just think of all the things in all the world God made it so simple. If you'll believe I did it for you, I'll give you eternal life and you get to go to heaven on what I did for you. How much easier could He have made it? It's the easiest thing in all the world. How can you go wrong by trusting the only true and living God there is? You don't become a religious hypocrite. You're not claiming to stop something or be something or join something. You don't have to live a certain way. Make promises and pledges you'll never keep. All you got to do is, I'm a sinner. I believe Christ paid for my sins. And I'm trusting him to take me to heaven when I die. How simple. How easy. Best news in all the world. I pray that you have the good sense to trust the Lord. Let's pray, shall we? With head bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust Him? Would you believe that He died for you? I'm not going to have you forward because I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm not asking you to sign anything or to do anything. I just want you right where you are. Will you trust the Lord? God said if you would trust Him as your Savior, He would save you right now. From hell and give you right now eternal life and you can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die don't you want to be one of those saints that lives forever with the Lord I do I'm glad I took care of that almost 50 years ago so with heads bowed, nice clothes and no one looking around I'm gonna ask you in just a moment that if what I said made sense to you I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand raising your hand is not gonna save you it just lets me know that what I said made sense to you and friend I'd like to know and I'd like to have prayer for you in closing that's all so if you've already trusted the Lord you don't have to do it again but if you never have and you want to say I want to be sure I'm going to heaven when I die and preacher would you pray for me would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down is it anyone at all just very quickly no tricks to it no gimmicks to it anyone at all I pray that you have trusted Christ as Savior our Father, we do thank you so much for the free gift of eternal life and for giving us your word so we can understand the things that are coming upon the earth. Help our hearts to be knit together in love for one another and help us to reach as many as we can while we can. Lord, we know we may not be able to change the world, but do, we do want to make sure the world doesn't change us. Help us to do right and to live godly as we should and looking for you to come.